episode 171 of the Bevan James Isle Show. Let's try shift this together. Radio team, welcome along to episode 171 of the Bevan James. I'll show you a fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise so that you can get the benefits that come alongside it. I've actually had a very exercise-packed weekend. I took a group of runners down to the Queenstown Half Marathon, or the Queenstown Marathon. It's a big race. It may be, I imagine Auckland's probably still bigger, but it's probably the second biggest marathon in New Zealand. About 13,000 people compete across full half and 10k runs and it's um it's one of it's one of the best parts of my my career is the the final day of when people have tried to work towards a goal uh and it's just really cool and, and actually interesting i was speaking a few episodes ago i did an episode that was called uh, how to deliver in important moments and in that episode there was a girl that i was talking about from the running group who on race day who tra- had been training with us for years would do these groups and never really enjoyed the race. So we, we train people towards like a half marathon, for example. We train them for 10 weeks. It's a group training thing. It's, it's a really cool kind of thing. Um, and she was saying she enjoys the training, but she doesn't really enjoy the racing. And I talked about this in the show, just saying how she told me that she doesn't enjoy racing because ultimately she always underperforms. And so uh, in my conversation with her at that time, it was like, well why aren't you performing and there was kind of a few things I talked about in that show if you listen to that show if not go back and listen but um, interestingly I caught up for her after the race and she performed really well she was absolutely stoked for a race she delivered what she hoped she could race and I kind of just chucked that question on her of, of why did you perform this time and she said you know I, I went in with a plan um, I thought about everything that I needed to be to be successful and I stuck to my plan in the race and that led to the place where I got success and it's just it's it's really amazing how often in life, when it comes to important moments, we don't plan for success. And and what's really interesting about this, and I know I kind of talked about this in the last time I talked in the episode, now episode, it was episode number 167, and I talked about this, but it just amazes me because this lady's ran with us for a few years, she's done lots of groups with us, and ultimately she was having disappointing experiences, but... It was ultimately because she just wasn't really putting the planning in place to allow herself to be successful. And so, yeah, it was just really interesting. And she was a really good example of this time she planned and she delivered on the day. And it's just, it's something that we do need to acknowledge and be really good at at those times when we are trying to deliver. And actually, I had another experience this week. I have a client who I'm working with and he was doing some study that was very specific to his career and what he's trying to do with his career. He wants to move into a new area and he needed to do this course. It was pretty full on and took him back into a classroom environment and he hasn't been in the classroom environment for a long time. And he had an exam at the end of, of the study and basically he emailed me a couple of days before saying, feeling pretty nervous, uh, what can I do? And kind of expressed that he was feeling worried about passing and because there were some areas of the study that was going to be a bit of a struggle for him. That he didn't naturally sit in and if we went back to this kind of schooling years, it's a story that this is the area he struggles in. And my feedback to him was very much around just kind of a few things. It was like, first of all, this guy is, is quite a good athlete. I said, well, when we think about being calm, you need to go back to 
think about being the athletic version of yourself. What do you do before a big race that keeps you calm? That was kind of first thing. Then my second point was, what what story works against you that would stop you from doing the work you need to do? Because ultimately what you need to do in this situation, let's say you are nervous for something, well the best you can do is do the work that's going to help you be successful. But sometimes because we see ourselves as bad in that area, we can almost get debilitated. That our story tells us, for example, let's say I'm not good at mass. You know, my story says, well you're not good at mass. So what ends up happening is you don't actually do the work, so you fail in the mass aspect of it. So we need to identify that story that works against us, and we need to kind of say, well even if I'm not good at mass, what work can I do to make sure I'm successful? Give myself the best chance of success as I work through this. And that's a really important thing to think about. Um, and then the other thing I actually said to this person was, um, your tutors want you to be successful. And I think that's a really important thing to think about. Like I know I, I, I train a lot of people in some of my roles. And as a coach, and, and this is as a fitness, you know, as a fitness professional, but sometimes I do like training of other fitness professionals on how to be fitness professionals. And the thing that I always try to reinforce to the people who I'm working with is I'm going to challenge you, but I really want you to succeed. Like I really want you to be successful. And I'm going to push you because I think that's going to help you be grow. But I, I want you to be successful. And a part of me to help you be successful is A that that giving you the knowledge, guiding your learning and all the rest of it, but be to be there for you. And, and one of my pieces of feedback to my client was that the people who are, who are educating you in this experience want you to be successful, so use them as much as possible. Go to them and ask questions because they want to be successful. And it's actually it's another good example of this because the, 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 my client, the one doing the exam, emailed me, I just emailed them after the exam and said, hey, how'd you get along? And they came back to me with this email here, it's got, well, I was really prepared, revised heavy and kept focus on the work throughout the week. Uh, the test day was stress-free as I got there two hours before and read through my notes. I felt pressure, less pressured as I knew I'd gained a lot of knowledge from the week. It gave me the best shot of the result that um, will take a while to get the score from, hopefully it will be in early February, but I'd love to pass, but I won't beat myself up if I fell short because I know I gave everything that I could. And to me, he planned well through this experience. He got it into the exam and he knew he'd done everything possible. And that's what I'm talking about when we talk about performing is that some days you don't perform, but if you don't perform and you've done everything right, well, then you just weren't good enough on the day. But if you don't perform and you kind of haven't done all the things you could have done, well, then there's big areas for improvement. And both with my client who did the exam, he turned up, he done all the work. Now, fingers crossed he's going to pass. We don't know because it takes a couple months to get the results, but I get the feeling they probably will. And then with my, the person I was talking about for the running, they delivered on the day because they planned to be successful. So just if you are somebody who never really performs or you know, get debilitated, I love this idea of debilitation under pressure. You know, When you get debilitated under pressure, you need to find ways to keep keep on track. You know, it's one thing, I had to do a talk a couple of weeks ago for a business group, and one of my, I kind of had three messages, and one of them was, in small business it can be really stressful. Small business can be, God, it can be stressful, because you're very much kind of doing everything yourself. Now, admittedly, in my business we've got a team, it's not that I'm doing everything myself, but you kind of, as the owners, you kind of hold a lot of the worry around the business, and you know a lot of insight into your business that other people don't know. And even when your business is going well, you can have an irrational, irrational fear around, you know, 
the security in the future of your business. One thing I'm most proudest of myself is whenever I've had the, the scariest moment for my business, the scariest moments our business has ever had, and I've got to be really honest, my business hasn't really had that many scary moments, but, but you know, irrationally you have these fears. I've never been debilitated. All I've thought to myself is, well, how are you going to work through this? What problem do you need to solve? Where do you need to put your energy? How do you make sure that this doesn't happen again? That in the deepest, darkest moments, I've learned the way through is to work through the problems that need to be worked through. And for a lot of people in life, when they get to these really tough moments, they get debilitated. They end up sitting on the couch watching TV where they know they should be doing something. They they isolate themselves. They don't do the work. And then they don't achieve because they have been debilitated. And then unfortunately what happens is, is often we then identify as a person who will fail. What we want to be able to do is in these moments when we are, or at least there's potential for us to be debilitated, to realize that, you know what, the way through this is to work through it. And that's what my client who was doing the study did. They kind of caught a moment where they were starting to feel debilitated. They contacted me for some advice. I gave them some advice. One of the other ones I gave them was, you know, figure out the right problem to solve. I love this idea of what's the right problem to solve. Um, they did the work and they gave themselves the best chance of success. So... Hopefully there's something for you guys to take in there. I'm kind of just rambling because I just kind of got off on a tangent, but it's just, to me, it's just a really important thing. How do you deal with your stressful moments? How do you deal with your performance moments? And if you can perform well in your performance moments, well, that's that's got to be much better for you. And then lastly, when you feel you're debilitated, how do you just keep on track? You know, how do you focus and keep solving problems that are going to help you be successful in the thing that you want to do? Because to me... If you can do that stuff well, then you're going to be much more successful in the things that are important to you in life. So, before I get into the main gist of today's show, actually there's two things I want to talk about before that. Um, I've got an interview coming up in the next episode of the Bevan James Isle Show with a lady called Laura Van Zien Taylor. Laura Van Zien Taylor. And she is the director of a documentary on Netflix called I Am Martha's. And it's about a girl going through, who's a yoga instructor, quite a talented young lady but working through anorexia and it's a really good documentary and actually I interviewed M on my podcast a few, oh, oh, probably a couple of months ago now um, and I got lots of good feedback about M because she was quite open about her struggles of eating uh, and she actually emailed me she said you've got to watch this documentary on Netflix it's a really important documentary and I watched it and I thought wow it's it's a really honest depiction of like really honest, really great depiction of what this experience is like. Um, and so I contacted the director and Laura, she said she'd love to come on the show. So I'm going to be interviewing her for the next episode, which come out in a couple of weeks from now. But I just, you know, if you are interested, you want to check out, the, if you've got Netflix, it's I am Maris. Maris, I think it's M-A-R-I-S. Um, you could check it out because if you can get some insight before you actually hear the interview. So check that out on Netflix. And then lastly, before we get into the main gist of today's show, I want to say a big thank you to the patrons. Uh, patrons of the show, they basically support me and what I do. And what I do is each time I release a show, they just donate some of their hard-earned money my way. And here are some of the patrons. George, the Wild Bull Baker. We've got Mary, I've got the power. Uh, Ginger Dave, the governor. Phoebe the Stark Sanders, Michael the Hammer Noak, Renee the Hawk Hawes, and then Michael Hardcore O'Kane. These people all support the show. And if you become a patron of the Bevan James Isles show, you also 
Good to call Bevan James Isles nickname. So thank you to all the patrons of the show. It really means a lot. Anyway, let's get into the main gist of today's show. I went to the races last week. It's, it's something, two things happened last week that were quite funny. Um, a, I went to the races. I'm, I'm not, when you don't drink, you tend to find all, there's a couple of things that don't really work. Now, I'm not a, a judgmental non-drinker. I, I, my philosophy is I was a really bad drunk. It's not a good thing to have in my life. I don't really care what anyone else does. Um, but you, there's a couple of things when you don't drink that, at least in the past, haven't, you know, I kind of drink as things only. So, for example, one of the things that in New Zealand, I'm not sure if they do this overseas, is bus trips. And what a bus trip is, is you basically hire a bus and everyone gets really drunk, gets on the bus, and they go from one pub to the next pub throughout the night. And it's kind of a traveling bus trip where you jump on a bus. And now, in my time since giving up drinking, I've probably done two or three, probably three or four bus trips. It was, it's definitely a drinker's game. It's, it's probably one of the only things that it's really hard to do sober. And last time I did the races, it was definitely one of those things where it was like, you know what, it's definitely a drinker's day. But my, one of Joe's best friends comes down every year. She lives in a, a different city and she comes down to, we have our annual race week in Christchurch and they were going to the races and we thought we'll go along. And turns out you don't have to be drunk to go to the races. We had a really great day, great bunch of people, uh, socializing with people. Uh, you know, I made a few bets. I lost $2 on the day. It wasn't a great day in that way. I was hoping to make it, make a little bit of money, but unfortunately I lost $2. Uh, but it was a great day out. And also, just before I get into the main gist, I bought a suit. Now, I'm a fitness professional. I've, I've got a couple of suit jackets, but I've never owned a suit in my life. And it's the first time in my life I've actually had a proper suit. So I felt very flash. You can go on my Instagram if you follow me on Instagram. Bevan in a suit. And it, it doesn't happen much. So we did up to the races. And it's it's my Joe's friends group of friends. So lots of faces I kind of know. Um, a couple who I have good interactions with, but not what I would say my good group of friends. So it was a really good chance just to meet a good bunch of people. And, and it was a really great day because pretty much everyone I spoke to, no, actually everyone I spoke to were just a good bunch of people having a really fun day. It, it was, yeah, it was just a fun day. And once I met this guy who was from the UK, I can't actually remember his name, but uh, his wife comes to my classes at the gyms and, and she just introduced me to him and we're having a good chat and I love a deep and meaningful, so we're kind of get pretty deep and meaningful and he was into it, we were just having a really deep conversation and we started off as running because people know me about running and, and then he was just saying he's been injured and, uh, and we just went to that conversation around how sometimes health gets put in the back, you know, you guys heard me talk about healthy high performer and how health will get put on the back foot and he's recently gone through a period where his personal health has just kind of been deprioritized and it's partly because he's been injured so he hasn't been able to do some of the things he would traditionally do to look after his health and and when I say health I'm not just talking physical it's that kind of mental and rest and all those other things as well so we're having a conversation about this and um it was it was a really good conversation actually and I was just talking about that whole idea of that I really believe that as a business owner, you should be prioritizing health first and it's the flow-on effect is good for your business and so on. And he was kind of agreeing. And, um, so that was kind of the first part of the conversation. And then we just kind of started going to deeper health. And he was saying he owns a business. I can't remember exactly what his business is. It might be, it might be like 
it might be insurance, it might be, I'm not quite sure, but basically he had a business that was helping a lot, of, oh no, he's an accountant, that's right, he was an accountant, uh, and he's kind of accountant, who you could just tell this guy, like I love it when you meet someone who has it, you know their heart is in the right place, and this guy's heart was in the right place, and he was the kind of accountant who's not just going to do your books and give them back to you, and you tell how much tax you're going to pay, he's the kind of accountant who's going to sit beside you and really challenge you to help you grow your business, and he was telling me he, he basically has clients all over the South Island and he spends a lot of time going on the road and meeting up with clients. And he was saying he's, he gets a little bit frustrated with how he interacts with his clients. And, and he wonders if ultimately he promotes a bit of an unhealthy thing in their life when he deals with their clients. So he was saying one thing, he was talking about how when he gets a client who's kind of new, like let's say it's a new builder or let's say, I don't know, a Sparky, and they're trying to build up their reputation within the industry. And he was saying, well, he would suggest to a client, and I, always, I thought it's a really good idea, is to pay a builder for an hour or two of their time. And what you want to do is you pay them for their time and then you you basically start to build a relationship. And the whole idea is that you're building that relationship to build a network that will help your business. And you pay them their time, so you might pay them their hourly rate for a couple of hours. And that's just a really good opportunity for you to actually build your own business because if you can build rapport and build a sense of that you're a credible choice uh, then when it comes time for them to need a sparky you'll be the person that they'll or at least you'll be an option of the people that they'll choose and I really love this idea and he was just talking about how he loves doing things like that with his with his clients is that as an accountant he's trying to help them develop ways to grow their business because if you're in business you want to be successful and growing your business as a part of that journey and but he was saying one of his frustrations is he always promotes this in a way where it's go grab a beer. Go grab a beer with your mate. You know, go go down the pub, pay that builder to go out for a beer. And, you know, and he was saying that ultimately he wished he could find healthier ways for him to promote the interaction that he's suggesting to his clients. Like the interaction is really important. If he wants the client to be successful in building that network, that, that, that investment of paying someone for a couple of hours of their time is a really good thing. But at the same time, for them to go and get on, get a few beers as a way to catch up, he he was kind of thinking, is there a better way? Is there a way that we can do this that's not about alcohol? Now, it's actually interesting because I started this part of today's show saying I'm not one who judges alcohol. But, you know, like if you're going to be having lots of interactions and it's always associated with a couple of beers, you know, is there a better way? You know, not not being all judgy about you know having a couple of beers, but just if if there was a better way, can we find the better way? And him and I really started discussing this, and and we were kind of saying, well, maybe it's your job to explore if there are better ways, and then that's something you could suggest with your partners or with the people you work with. Now, this person obviously has a lot of one-on-one meetings with clients, and I think part of what we were talking about was partly because he catches up with his clients a lot of time over a beer, and. One thing we, we, we kind of dug into was, can we challenge the normal interaction? Can we challenge the normal interaction? So I kind of lay a challenge out to him, and uh, I said to him, why don't you try this? Why don't you next time you're going to have a meeting with someone, say, instead of catching up for a beer, you could say, let's go for a walk. 
Now, this is really interesting, and I, I took some notes here as I kind of wrote down today's show. I, I took some notes because it's not the norm, is it? That's not the norm. It's it's kind of weird to say, hey, I'd love to talk about your business. Why don't we go for a walk together and do this? Whereas saying, let's go for a beer and have a chat about this is a much more of a norm, particularly for, stereotypically, for men in this situation. It's kind of what you do. Whereas if you someone catch up, you know, if you say, hey, I want to catch up with talk today, I'd love to go for a walk. It kind of throws us off, doesn't it? Because what we normally don't do. But this got me thinking, and that's what I want to talk about in today's show. It got me thinking about how do we change social norms in a way that makes us to a healthier path? Because that's what I I asked this guy. I kind of said, do you feel that if you went for a walking meeting with someone, it would be as effective as just going for a beer? And he kind of said to me, actually, I think it would probably be more effective because, you know, when you go for a walk, there's the loosening of the reins, you know, it's it's you kind of relax a little bit more, you could probably problem solve a little bit more. Um, yeah, you just, you just felt it would be more effective. You get to the end of it, you felt like you've used your time pretty well, not just with the thinking, but also just because you've been out there walking and so on. And he, so he kind of came back and said, I felt that would be really effective. And then I kind of said, do you think you could do it? And this is the challenge in this area here, because I think that we can all sit here and probably agree that going for a walk instead of a beer is healthier. But it may be hard to ask because it's kind of not what we normally do. And to me, that's what I think we need to really start to challenge is we need to start to challenge our social norms in that we need to, and and I'm talking to you as an individual right now, is that we need to open up to possibility of other ways. And this is kind of, I suppose, the conclusion that me and this guy got to at the races was that, you know, I kind of said, well, maybe the next couple of times you try to catch up with a try the walk thing. And, and and we were quite honest and quite upfront about it might not work. It might be a total disaster. Maybe you do need to have the beer. But we've got to try these things. Because if you can start to kind of create this thing of, you know, the social norm for an interaction in a business meeting is to go for a walk instead of a beer, well, that's a healthy win. That, that's a healthy win. And one thing I've learned, and I've probably talked about this on the show a lot over the years, is that so many people are screaming for real healthy human interaction. And so many people go to their norms, like having alcohol as a way to socialize, when they want a deeper, better, healthier way. And the problem is no one's really suggesting it, and we're all a little bit like, well, why would you do that? It's a bit weird. But it takes a bit of courage to be the weird person who creates the new. And that's why I think I named today's show something about, you know, help me, promote me, whatever I've got it written down here. Um, what is it? I've called the show, Let's Try Shift This Together. And in saying that, well, that's what I'm trying to get you to think about is, where are some options in your life where there's a healthy alternative, but it does mean breaking social norms? And where can you be a leader in this area, which could maybe help Others open up to different possibilities, different ways and better outcomes. Like, And this was kind of what we got to with this guy at the, at the races. He walked away from that, you know, saying, well, I'm going I'm to try. I'm going to try, you know, catch up a couple of clients for a walk instead of going for a beer. Now, again, it might not work, but who knows unless we try. And that's the main gist of what we're talking about today, 
is that we, as as an audience, as you listening to this right now, me as as who I Bevan here, social norms happen because people try something new. You know, conscious. You know, what's acceptable in society happens because people push new boundaries and and they challenge things and they move them forward. And imagine a world where all business owners caught up for a walking meeting. Now, right now, that seems bizarre. And I get that not all meetings are at the pub, I get it. But, you know, let's say all meetings that were currently, you know, a beer-to-beer pub or or um, a wine, you know, meeting, which I'm not judging them. It's not, the, it's not that alcohol is a bad thing. But if we are just trying to find healthy alternatives, imagine if all those meetings went away to a walking, walking uh, meeting. Or the lunch meeting, because let's be honest, when we go out for a lunch meeting, we tend to overeat, we tend to be, there's the alcohol associated with it. Imagine again if it was a walking meeting. If, if we could just switch a switch right now and make every one of those meetings where people go to a place which is unhealthy and made it a walking meeting, do you think the world would be a better place? When we think of the outcome of the meeting, do you think it would be less effective? Probably not, eh? So what what helps shift this? Well, people who have the courage to actually kind of say, let's try something different. And that's what was cool about talking to this guy because I got the feeling he's going to be one of those people. He's going to try. And so my challenge for you is to start to think about situations like having a beer for a business meeting. But ultimately, let's broaden this out. What are some of the social norms that you have that have a two-pronged effect? I'm not quite sure if that's the right way to put this, but for example, with the accountant, he's suggesting his client meets to have an interaction which builds a relationship. And it was, and it was genuinely what he wanted because he was kind of saying that, that paying for that two hours, that first of all is just to start to build rapport. And then he was saying that he ultimately tries to get them so they're doing actually really cool shared experiences with these people where it might be they go go-karting or they do something like that where they have this really cool shared experience. So they're building that deeper relationship. This guy really understood their value of human connection and that he was trying to promote to his clients opportunities to build that human connection. So that was the real, pur- the real purpose of that interaction. That that two, you know, that was. But then the second prong effect was that the way they're doing it is to have the beer. And so, what are we really trying to get out of this interaction? And is there a healthier way? So, I want you to think about in your life. What are some some times where you're trying to interact? And oh, okay, so with me and my friends. Um, I've got a core group of friends who we kind of catch up with occasionally. And when we do, we definitely eat to excess. We definitely do. You know, we you turn up and there's plates of chips and there's dip and uh, there's cheeses and there's grapes. And I I could I can be guilty of eating pretty, pretty, pretty much a whole bag of chips and not the small kid's bag, a whole bag of chips and probably half a plate of dip because I'm a sucker for dip before we even get into our main meals. And then we do a smorgasbord of food and, um, you know, and so it's this massive amount of food. So it gets left out, you eat way too much. And then and then there's always a dessert. So, you know, when I catch up with my friends, I eat too much. I guarantee do. And I guarantee pretty much 90% of the people who are in that room or in that social environment eat too much on that night. Now, they probably drink too much as well. My, my friends don't get trolleyed. It's not really about getting drunk, but they probably drink more than maybe what they want. Um, but I know in that situation, I definitely eat. It's when I definitely, I'm really controlled around eating. I very much just kind of eat what I need to and don't eat too much more. Uh, but in that environment is the one where I go a bit OTT. 
Now, it's a two-pronged thing. What I really want at that time is just that really cool interaction with my mates. You know, I love hanging out with my mates. We have a really good time. It's a good bunch of friends. We have good laughs. Sometimes we're there for each other in a more deep and meaningful way because we need that. Um, you know, it's just that that's the real value of that time. The food is just something that comes on top of that. So we've set up this really bad habits as a group of friends to provide way too much food in a way that tends to make us all be excessive in how we eat. Now that's our social norm. And if if I'm going to be courageous in this way, I should maybe challenge my friends to say, can we have the same thing in a way which isn't excessive? Like can we catch up and, I don't know, have a set meal? So, you know, you sit, you catch up, you have a meal, you maybe sit at the table, and that's the food for the night, and then the rest of the night it's just the interaction that goes alongside it. And there might be a treat, but it's the right level of treat. Is there, is there a better way for us to do this? That, so our social norms don't just have that two-prong effect of getting the value of what we want out of this, which is that human interaction, but also coming with the health effect of waking up the next morning feeling like you've eaten too much and you know, so on and so on. And now, I'm someone who's pretty healthy, but if you're someone who's trying to lose weight or struggles with your weight, I imagine those social environments are really, really hard because it's, it's hard not to lose on those battles. And you can see what I'm saying there is that for me in this situation, my, my challenge to myself is to kind of maybe questions to my friends, can we just find a better way? Can we find a way where I don't eat to excess uh, and maybe you don't eat to excess? Now, some of you are probably listening and saying, I like going to excess sometimes, and that's cool as well. But I think, generally speaking, if we are trying to create a healthy world, there's definitely healthier ways to do things. They're kind of obvious when you think about it. But to me, the thing we've got to do is we've actually got to change the social norms. So I suppose... My, my, my kind of key questions for you to explore is what are a couple of moments in your life which currently have a two-prong effect? Now again, I think it's a pretty bad term for what I'm talking about here, but ultimately there is some value in what you're doing, but there's also an unhealthy aspect that comes to it. I'm having a business meeting because I'm trying to build networking, but it's evolved around alcohol. I'm catching up with my mates because I want to have a good time and just unwind with my mates and reconnect, but I eat too much. What's that for you? What are those areas for you which the, the unhealthy thing is just because it's the social norm? Then how can you challenge them? Where's the opportunity for you to challenge them? And it's not that you have to be, like we were talking again, going back to, back to the guy at the races. We were, we were saying, well, maybe the best, because he was kind of saying, it feels a bit weird to go to someone, let's go for a walk. And so we just said, well, we, we tried to figure it out. We kind of came to the conclusion of maybe the best way for him to say this is, hey, I'm trying something new because I want to promote healthier ways. Can we give it a try and see how it goes? Because most people are pretty open-minded. Most people are going to try something new. So if you're the business owner and you, I come up to you and I say, hey, we normally catch up for beers, but today I just want to go for a walk because I, I, I'm just finding I'm drinking too much. I'd like to lose alcohol from my life and I want to try something new. How are you going to feel about that? You're probably going to think it's okay, aren't you? You're going to give it a try. And then from there, if it's a really good thing, maybe you can move on from there forward. So that's pretty much the main gist of today's show. And, and my challenge for you is to explore the times in your life where there's a two-prong effect, where there is a value in the moment, but there's also a an unhealthy effect of it. And it doesn't have to be huge. Like having a couple of beers isn't huge, but you know it could be done better. Then from there... How can you, or what's the better way? 
So with the guy at the races, it was just to go for a walk instead. For me, it's probably talking about having dinner at a table with my friends um, and so on. What's the better way to do this? And then thirdly, for you to challenge this and find the right approach and how to challenge this. Like with the guy at the races, it was, hey, I'm finding I'm drinking too much. I'm much I, I really want to catch up for you. Can we try a walk? There's a really great approach to doing this and then try it and then see how it goes. Because imagine if you, you know, I love this idea of a flow-on effect. Imagine if you introduce this to this owner and they realize that, you know what, I have a better meeting. I don't feel bad at the end of it because I haven't drunk. I, I problem solve in a better way. And actually, I feel like I've had a more of a human connection with that person. Then they may think, you know what, I might try this with someone I go for a meeting with as well. And that's how social norms happen. Because someone challenged the social norm and they found a new way. And if it's a better way, other people are encouraged, encouraged to move towards it. And if I go back to that concept of if we could all flip the switch right now and remove unhealthy ways to, for those two prong effects, surely there will be a healthier place. Well, that's the influence you could have. Like, I love this idea of what influence are you. I really do. I love this idea of what influence are you. And if you can influence people in ways that are really powerful, and then they influence other people, imagine what you can create. So when I talk about the title of today's show, which was, let's try shift this together, my challenge to you is to choose two, I'm not going to give you one, I'm going to give you two, two areas in your life where there's a two-prong effect, where there's a value, but there's also an unhealthy consequence that comes with it. And I want you to think of a better way, maybe it's the walk, maybe it's the dinner at the table, whatever, a better way of getting through that time. Then I want you to be a leader. I want you to find a way to suggest trialing the better way with somebody. Trial it, see how it goes, and if it works, continue on. Because if you can do that and you can influence your world into removing unhealthy aspects of their life and replacing them with much healthier ways, A, it's going to be better for you. Like the, Mike, the guy at the races, part of this was because obviously he felt he was drinking too much. If he can remove all those business meetings, and I think he's doing quite a few business meetings, he removes a lot of alcohol from his life. That's a healthy thing. But also, he's introducing it to the people he deals with. And like, you know, this guy, I love this guy. He was he was so passionate. He was he was going to that next level. And he was kind of saying, well, if that works, then I could go here, here, and here. And that's what I'm kind of thinking about, is that if together we can kind of shift some social norms it's pretty, it's, we can do some pretty powerful things, eh? You know, as I, I just kind of have a moment of thought then, and, the, the, you know, those, you know, you think of traditional social norms and, like, rugby clubs and, uh, you know, and, and um, sports clubs or university clubs, and it's all about just kind of degrading yourself and getting messy to prove that you're a part of this group. Imagine if your social norm was to do something that was about challenging yourself in a way that made you grow. Like to have to get up in public speak in a way that that was scary for you, but they developed you towards that. Or or to do a physical challenge, but not, not in a way to make you fail, but just to maybe see possibility. You know, imagine if we created social norms like that. And to me, that's really powerful stuff. So that's the main just today's show. If you, if you take on my challenge, two, two areas, let me know how you get along. Hopefully you get something from that. 
yeah, it was kind of just on my mind. Yeah, I was on my mind, and I wanted to challenge. And and I've got to be honest, it's a big one for me. To me, for me to go to all my friends and say, hey, maybe there's a better way. Next time, let's try to do this. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 a challenge because it's not the social. It feels a bit awkward. It's not the social norm. But I imagine all my friends feel the same way as I do at the end of the night. It's kind of dissatisfying experience around food. So they, they probably all want the same thing. So that's my Bevan. That's your challenge, Iles. That's your challenge. Um, I had a really cool experience happen to me the other day. And um, I had this lady come up to me, a lovely lady by the name of Rachel at the gym. I was walking out of the gym. I was just taught a class. I was walking back to my car to, in the car park. And there's a girl who I, I've never really met. I don't think she's even done my class. Or she may have done my class, but she's not a regular. Um, but I see her sometimes in the weights room when I'm doing weights and stuff like that. And um, she smiled and she's she's lovely. She's I love smiley eyes. To me, one of smiley eyes is one of the greatest things somebody can have. And she's someone with smiley eyes. And she just smiled and she said, oh, hey, hey Bevan. Um, and I didn't actually know her name. She said, oh, she came up to me. She said, oh, I just have to make a comment. And I said, oh, okay. We'll talk away. And she just basically said that, um, whenever she mentions she goes to Les Mills, that everyone always asks, do you know Bevan? And um, and then from there, they speak very highly of me, is probably a nice way of putting it. Uh, and and she, I, I just thought, hey, what a beautiful thing for, to give to somebody. You know, what, what a beautiful, that she would stop me. And, she, you know, she knows me to look at a nice smile back, but we don't really know each other. For her to stop me and give that to me. And it was a really... It was a really reaffirming moment for me because it was like, wow, that's, that's really nice that my world sees me in that way. So, so the first thing I want to share from that is that tell people the good stuff. Like, tell people the good, good stuff because she made me feel great. I'm not going to deny it. It felt so cool to think that, you know, this is the case. And then secondly, and then we just had a bit of discussion and I just shared with her, and I may have talked about this with you guys in the past, but in some ways to get that comment was a really awesome thing but it was also a bit of a reflection on where I put my attention in my life because I shared with her that every morning I had my Bevan book which I've talked about in this podcast many times in the past and my Bevan book is my moment which is uh, before I get out of bed I just read it and it just kind of reinforces everything about me and what's important to me and my goals and so on and so on and my, and my attention and so on and in my Bevan book, I have this statement which says, when people spend time with me, they will feel life is better. When people spend time with me, spend time with me, they will feel life is better. And this is a choice that I make. Like, when I'm interacting with people, this is a choice that I make. I make a choice to, when people spend time with me, they feel life is better. Now, I don't I, I don't do it because I want that page of praise from Rachel. I I'm not doing it because that's the reason I do it. I, I do, why, why do I do it? That's a really good thing to explore. Why do I do it? I want to be a good person. It's probably as simple as that. But, but also, I, I get a much better life because I, am, I be that person. Like, my world's good to me. Um, my world treats me well. I get someone coming up to me on the side after a class saying, you know, what you do is good. Um... It's a choice. And I think being a good person and helping other people be good people is a choice as well. And I don't want to share this because I want to look, make myself look good because it's not about that. I just want to share this idea of that if you do choose to be the person who makes other people feel good about themselves 
or make them feel life is better. There's, there's, there is a payback. And it's a good payback. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted to share that with you guys. So take what you want from that. And, and I suppose you know, I just elaborate. I know I'm going to just go to random here, but if I elaborate on it, go back to the, the affirmation. When people spend time with me, they feel life is better. It's a really interesting thing to explore. How do you make people feel life is better? You know, what do I do to make people feel life is better? I think if I'm just thinking about myself here, I definitely think I, I try to open up people to possibility. I try to show belief in people. I'm really good at showing them they're good. Like, I'm really good at that. It's something I really do. I'll, I'll point out the thing. Like, the, the guy, the races, which I talked about in the main just today show, I, I, made, I made a statement to him about him. I said, mate, the thing I love about you is it's so obvious your heart's in the right place. And you could see, he said, oh, my God, thank you so much. You could see that really meant a lot to him because I was just reaffirming what was true because it was really obvious that his heart was in the right place. You know, because I think to myself, when people spend time with me, they'll feel life is better. Giving them that praise or, or showing them the thing that is great about them, and sometimes people don't even see that, is one of the things that I do. And so when you think, maybe, maybe what I'll do in my next Bevan podcast, I'm going to read you out all my, I've got like literally a page of these things that I do, and I, I, I might read them out and uh, talk through what each of them means to me and how that influences me and my decisions. Because as I think about that affirmation there, that one of uh, when people spend time with me, they'll feel life is better. Ultimately, to me, it's, it's really about helping them move more towards the real them. That's what it's about. And it's, that is possibility. That is affirmation. It is showing trust in them. And it is helping them find their answers. It is, you know, all of those types of things. It's helping them have fun experiences. What's really interesting is it's not really ever about me. You know? And one thing, yeah. One, yeah. And one thing I've done recently is I've really tried to pull back on me talking about me because I, I sometimes feel that I can sell a good story, like I'm really good. I, I can sell a good story. I can waffle, <laughs> uh, and I can sell a really good story, and I can paint myself in a really good light. But sometimes I wonder if I paint myself in a good light, where I make others feel bad about themselves. Now, I'm not sure if this is entirely true, but. So I'm trying to pull back from that a little bit. And not, not because I need to bring myself down to lift other people's up. It's not a tall poppy thing. It's just, you know, if I'm trying to make other people feel good about myself, I don't need to gloat about myself. So, yeah. Maybe I'll do that. In the next podcast, I'll read you the affirmations that I use and what they mean to me and how they influence my thinking. Because it's, it's, I've never really sat down and just done what I've just done there is how does that affirmation of when people spend time with me, they'll feel life is better actually influence how I behave. Now, it does influence me a lot. Um, and, you know, as I just talked about there, it's, it's, it's really made me think, it makes me think about those interactions I have. So, yeah. And, 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 I, and I don't get it right all the time either. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. I've got many cracks in my armour. But um, just some stuff to think about there. Team, if you want to be a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com and you see on the front page it's support me or on the podcast section you can just click on there and be on there as well. Uh, patrons, thank you so much. You know, podcasting is a changing game, you know, like back when I started podcasting, I started in 2006, nobody knew about it, but now there's a lot of people out there and so the support you guys give me means a lot. And actually, I'm going to pause. 
Because one thing I started asking people, I'm back, I paused, I came back, magic of podcasting. Uh, one thing I did uh, last time was I asked people to go on your iTunes or your, uh, you know, any of your ratings places and just put a, a comment about the show. And I noticed that Door, Dawn Runner, D Door N Runner on Apple Podcasts in Australia has put Bevan is always on the money when it comes to advice about one's self-being, well-being. He is a positive and motivating, motivating young man and his podcasts are definitely worth subscribing to. And they did that actually probably in the last couple of weeks. So well done. I'm not sure if it's Dawn Runner or Door End Runner, but thank you very much for doing that. If you are a supporter of the show and you want to support me, going on your podcatcher and putting a rating is another way. You can become a patron, but also just doing that, or sharing it on your podcast by, uh, um, you know, on your social media feeds is also really great as well. Anyway, uh, that's me done and dusted for this week. I'll be back now. Remember that, that documentary on Netflix is I Am Maris, and you can check it out before the next interview. I'm going to be interviewing the director of that, so make sure you check that out. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with that. Anyway, that's me out for now. Keep being you all the time.